Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Inside Nebraska podcast. This is Zach Carpenter, the publisher of Inside Nebraska. And on this edition of the show, we are welcoming on Rivals National Recruiting Analyst Clint Cosgrove uh, to provide some insight on um, new 2023 defensive tackle commitment, Riley Van Poppel, and uh, pl playing other guys. We're talking about receiver recruiting, big picture stuff for the Huskers during a busy month. So without further ado, we're going to welcome on Clint to the show now. All right, Clint Cosgrove, welcome on, man. Uh, take take three. Sometimes the best picture Oscar winners, uh, the directors have to had to do multiple takes. This is this is our third go round, but this is this is gonna be the best one. I'm feeling this like, don't aren't you like this is gonna be the, this is gonna be the money one. Yeah, I feel like third time's the charm, and uh, I'm just excited to be on and and talk some Nebraska ball, some Nebraska recruiting, relive the old glamour days of uh my time my time in lincoln so yeah no i'm excited to talk about it and i feel like between internet connections tornadoes and uh you know other things out of our control a third time will be the best yeah i mean we're we're kind of powering through run a uh, rain sleet or shine snow whatever the mail whatever the usps uh, phrase is i don't remember but um yeah, I mean, you're you're coming on um, to kind of talk or to talk some Nebraska recruiting. It's kind of it's a really interesting time. Um, recruiting's kind of fun again in Nebraska with this the revamped uh, recruiting strategy under Vince Ginta. And I wanted to get you on to talk about that and the bigger picture stuff, but um, I didn't want to bury the lead here because uh, Nebraska they landed um, a commitment on Monday for their eighth total commitment in the 23 class and uh, second defensive commitment, first defensive line commitment. In a three-star defensive tackle in uh, in Riley Van Poppel, um, and wanted to get an analyst perspective of, of of his film and what you saw because I mean, I had my thoughts on him, but I kind of want to get you tee you up and um, so after like grinding through his film and everything, what, what did you see from him as far as uh, what he brings to the table, maybe what he needs to work on? Well, let me start by telling you that I'm uh, extremely biased by the Van Poppel last name because I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin, when my dad was the defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. And Todd Van Poppel was one of the top like MLB prospects of all time. And he played for the Madison Muskies. So anytime he pitched, I would go out for the game. So I'm very familiar with the Van Poppel name. I've been a big fan of the family since. Uh, moving on to, uh, you know, Riley. Uh, were you, you just trying to get? Film, were you were you just trying to say that try to get his autograph? No, I already have it actually. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I think I have an autograph net or bat from back in the day. Oh yeah, wouldn't wouldn't miss uh, a Todd Van Poppel pitching day. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, when you look at Riley, uh, you know. One of the things that you think about is obviously uh, the the genetics. I mean, genetics play a big role in uh, who you're going to be as a football player, and he has that in his favor. I mean, when you talk about uh, – and his dad was literally one of the top baseball prospects of all time. Um, when you talk about that, I mean, there's obviously uh, a lot of, you know, <laughs> genetic athleticism in the family. Um, I have not seen him in person. Unfortunately, he did not make it to the Dallas uh, Rivals Camp Series event. Uh, I believe he was supposed to, but something came up. 
So my evaluation is based off what I've heard in our rankings meetings and what I've seen on film. And I know he got a big bump in this past rankings. I believe he was like a five, five, uh, three star. And he got bumped to, I believe he's now a five, seven, three star. Um, the first thing that you see when you turn on the film is he's a high motor guy. Um, he is a guy who will make the most out of his talent. Uh, doesn't matter if the play is far away from him, close to him. He's going like his hair is on fire, chasing the ball. He's great in pursuit. Um, the second thing that I really love about him, and it might actually be his best attribute, is he is explosive off the ball. His first step is incredible. Um, he fires off the ball. Uh, you can tell that he's he's pretty smart. He, he, he gets the snap countdown. So sometimes he's in the backfield before the offensive linemen even move. And uh, like I said, his motor, he, he's great at chasing down the ball. He can sack the quarterback. He plays violent. He plays with his hands. Um, I don't know. And he's grown a lot in the last couple of years. So sometimes when you're used to seeing a guy when he's younger and running around like they're, you know, an outside linebacker versus when they get to what, 260, 270 pounds, um, you know, you're going to lose some of that speed, but for his size, he runs very well. And like I said, his pursuit is great. Uh, the one thing that I would say when watching the film that he would need to work on the most is probably his overall bend. Um, you know, he, he gets in a great stance. He shows he can bend. He has the ability to bend. Um, but sometimes once he makes that initial step, throws his hands, gets through the line, he tends to play a little high. Um, but that's something that can be coached out of him uh, because I don't think it's lack of ability. It's just him being raw and him getting used to his body. I mean, uh, the amount of growth he's had over the past couple of years is, is, is pretty impressive. And for him to still move the way he does, you got to love that. Uh, also love his versatility. Uh, he could line up as, as a nose, a three, a four eye, a five, a seven, like you can put them all over the place, you know, in the day of uh, kind of where offenses are right now, at least. And uh, you try to be as positionless on defense as possible. So you can kind of disguise your personnel, uh, your packages. And I think he brings that to the table. So, you know, when you talk about a defensive line commit, you know, from Texas playing a high level of football, you got to be excited about that. There's a, there's a lot he brings to the table. Uh, I think he has tremendous upside. I think he's just unlike a lot of Texas prospects who max out young just because they've been coached so, so well from a young age. Um, I think he's just scratching the surface and he's going to be a very good player. Yeah. And like you touched on there, the Nebraska defense is kind of shifting its uh, philosophy a little bit and trying to um, continue to, uh, to, um, change up their looks, their defensive fronts. I mean, just to add another element that opposing offenses have to prepare for. And that's kind of like you said, that's what I wrote up in the analysis was that he's this guy, this, he could be a, a defensive end in a three, four scheme, defensive tackle, like a three tech in a, in a four, three scheme. And like you, like you said, I said, I, I wrote that he's not like that super bendy, like just um, like long athletic, uh, tall, long athletic, like defensive end, like a couple of the other guys that they're, 
that they're targeting in this class, but he has that versatility piece to where um, it, it's just that ne- that extra step that they're taking to um, to try to revamp this defense and this defensive line um, and compete against not just the running teams like Wisconsin and Iowa, but also try to go up against the bad boy passing offenses like Ohio State and the like a Purdue air raid that we saw last year under Aiden O'Connell. Um, it, it's not like you, you you mentioned the the level of competition. He's not playing Little Sisters of the Poor. I mean, he's in the no. fourth he's in the fourth highest division in Texas. And um, as far as his trending goes, to be a potential four star because he's right on the uh, the cusp of it. He's yep. going to get every opportunity to do it because um, his high school is moving up a division into the third highest level in Texas. And that's, I mean, we're starting to talk about big boy football really um, when when we're talking about how his senior year he'll have those every opportunity afforded to him um and what one one other like last question you, you talked about the motor i mean just kind of curious like when you guys were recruiting defensive linemen was the motor like the number one thing that you guys would look for because it's kind of like the number one thing you can't teach right yeah you can't teach it you can try to coach it but it really has to be intrinsic at the end of the day um, you can get a kid to play hard for a number of plays through motivating them. But at the end of the day, um, that's, that's an intrinsic trait. Uh, you have to want to go hard and it has to be built in you. Um, so there are some players that I've seen go, go from lazy to high motor just because they found that desire. But that is not a trait. It's almost like QB accuracy like you don't see a lot of quarterbacks all of a sudden become accurate when they get to the next level even though I have a strong arm good mechanics whatever it may be um I think a motor's very similar to that there there are some players that uh you know maybe weren't weren't coached up weren't motivated weren't uh you know weren't desperate to have a high motor and uh, so sometimes that does happen. But when you see a kid like him with a natural high motor, you absolutely love it because he's going to give you a chance. I, uh, back when I coached, we would make up uh, cut-ups. And it didn't have to be our team. Sometimes it would be our team. Uh, it would be other teams where we would show a play that made a difference in a game between a win and a loss based off the motor of a player, somebody giving up on a play. Um, and you're, you would be shocked to know how often it happens where a team will lose a game because a guy on the other side of the field who could have had an angle and stopped a player from scoring or stopped a player from making a big play, um, they just, they just kind of watched it and then realized, oh, I could maybe get them and they start going. And so, uh, just having an intrinsic motor is a huge thing to me. Um, it's, it's not something that's often taught. It is motivated, but it has to be within you. Yep. And that's what Mike Dawson now gets in his, in his defensive line room with the, the eighth commitment in the 23 class with Riley Van Poppel. And, um, uh, they look right now, like they could be trending toward a ninth commitment in the class, uh, a couple weeks from now. Um, I, wrote about Barry Jackson, the 2023 receiver out of Cedar Grove in Georgia, wrote about him today. I, I placed a, um, a future cast prediction for Nebraska to land him. Ooh. Just, yeah, trying to, I'm just calling my shot there, Clint. You know, that that's how we do it in this business. I know you call shots. Got to put it out there. 
I haven't looked at your <laughs> your winning percentage on predictions, but uh, I'm just going to pretend that it's really high for now. Uh, the yeah, accuracy. <laughs> it, it, uh, it's decent. It could be better um, because I do the commitment interviews. I've been uh, hesitant to make a lot of them. I think I'm like, I don't know, 14 of 16 or 15 of 17. Um, but uh, usually when I do a commitment, interview with a kid that's part of the deal that I will not make a future cast because I do not want to ruin their moment and I do a lot of those so um but uh yeah I, I don't know I I do an okay job at it I guess yeah that's the difficult part like I've had I've done the commitment interviews too and like I've had a prospect tell me uh, that he was committing before he even told the the coaching staff and it's like man like you would have you'd be the first one to report this but it sucks because like you I mean when you promise kids something you're I mean when you say no I'm not gonna spoil it for you then I mean it's more important to be true to your word than to be actual to be the first to report it so um but your boy over here is 100 percent right now 100 percent the accuracy I don't make a lot of them though I think I'm like eight, there you nine go for not, nine for nine right now I'm feeling pretty good about a few of them so hey that's um, pretty good yeah, Barry, Barry's one I'm, I'm feeling pretty, pretty confident on right now. Um, he, uh, it, it looks like he's going to be um, committing, announcing his commitment June 30th. And he's down to, he's pretty much down to Nebraska and Memphis. Um, Louisville, he was supposed to have an official visit uh, there this coming weekend, but he canceled that. And okay. he took his uh, Nebraska official visit June 3rd through 5th. He has a Memphis one set up for June 24th and 26th. Also mentioned Pitt and Mississippi State as a couple he's considering, but it, it is appearing to uh, sh shaping up to be Nebraska versus Memphis, and I I'm not going to bet against Mickey Joseph at this point um, to to be able to to land Barry and um, just just looking at him um, on, on the film. I know we, we were talking about like some of his uh, his track speeds and stuff like that. What did you notice from him? He's a 5'11", 175 pound receiver um I know he one of the things that Mickey Joseph has been really um emphasizing is guys who can play multiple spots like he can be used on the outside in the slot and I I think that's something that Jackson brings to the table but what did you see out of him when you were watching him yeah and actually he looks bigger than 175 on film or 5'11 175 uh you know I could be wrong uh it depends where you're playing and what the uh you know, the caliber of the cameras are <laughs> can change a lot uh, in terms of of what the film looks like. But um, what I see from him is a kid who has great football speed and great body control, catches the ball naturally. And uh, even though he only runs, and I don't mean to say only um, an 11, 1, 8, and 100, which is actually pretty good, but it's not elite speed, but when you, when you put on the film, he runs away from people and he's faster than those he's going against. And there's just some people who are faster in pads for some reason. I don't know if it's the competitive nature. Um, you know, we, we know he's playing against good competition in Georgia. I mean, Georgia is some of the best football there is, uh, you know, so uh, I'm impressed by his game speed, um, you know, and, and really his cutting ability, his vision. You see him on returns. You see him take short throws to the house. 
um, his ability to make plays in the open space. Um, you know, so there's a lot to like about him. Like I said, the biggest concern was he's not a blazer, but he plays faster on the field than he, uh, than he does technically on track. Um, you know, he has great body control. He's got great burst. He runs great routes. And you talk about, again, position versatility. He can line up on the outside. He can line up in the slot. Um, I wouldn't put it past him to run, uh, you know, line up at running back and whether it be to, you know, catch a screen pass, do a swing route. Um, you know, he just, uh, he brings a lot to the table. Uh, there was enough on film for me to get excited about him. Um, do I think he's an Alabama take or anything like that? Probably not. Um, but he does have a skill set to be a very good player. And the thing I like about him is he's, pretty polished right now um just uh you know body control people talk about it and a lot of people are like what does body control mean um it's very important at the receiver position because he can adjust to uh balls in the air um he can snap off routes he can read coverages like he's going to be in the right place at the right time and uh he can catch the hard to catch ball and uh, those are the things that are big when it comes to having a complete receiver's uh, core. Um, is he going to be a guy who stretches the field every play? Maybe not, but he's going to be a great guy for underneath catches to try to take him the distance. He's great in open space, like I said. Um, and when you're building a receiving core, you want a, you know, a diverse group, if that makes any sense. You want a guy who can stretch the field. You want a guy who can be versatile. You want a guy who can, you know, do a little bit of everything. And so uh, I see him as that versatile guy. Um, like I said, I love his football speed. And uh, he, he, he's a kid that I would take at Nebraska. And, you know, I think he adds value to their class definitely if he were to commit. Yeah, and that's important to say if he were to commit because we're talking about him just like we were Riley as if he already is a commit. So, I mean, it's a risky – I mean, it's, it's a bit of a, a risky – endeavor i guess because we're we'll look like idiots i guess in the end if he doesn't but i know the the momentum there is real um and it, it sort of paints the broader picture of where nebraska's um even the momentum itself it, it sort of just paints a broader picture of where nebraska's receiver recruiting is under mickey joseph and um it's go, undergoing a, a revamping itself just like the defensive line i mean they brought in mickey to be that ace recruiter and now it's lining up for them to bring in a pretty big receivers hall. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking that it's going to be a, a class of four and I could see a scenario where it winds up being a class of five. Um, they have right now they have Jaden Doss uh, three-star from Kansas city committed. And he's sort of that utility man where he was recruited to be outside slot. Um, he could be used in the backfield, like as a running back or eating the ball behind the line of scrimmage, maybe in like uh, jet sweeps and stuff like that. Um, kick returner, punt returner. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of DOS for the record. Uh, I've been on the boards that they uh, sometimes like to make memes of me on, but uh, I, I've seen, uh, I've seen people question DOS and I just want to put it out there that I am a big fan of him. And I think he'll be a very, very good player. Yeah. Well, it'd be, uh, it'd be Jaden DOS. And then um, uh, there's two current, future cast predictions for Nebraska receivers. And that's Omari and Miller out of Louisiana. And then the Barry Jackson one I put in today, um, Omari Miller is obviously, I think people are, 
pretty well aware of um, his recruiting story. He was committed to Mickey Joseph and LSU for um, since August, uh, August, 2021. And then um, he stayed committed to LSU until um, May 30th, I believe. And then less than four days after he decommitted on May 30th and less than four days later, he took an official visit to Nebraska. And um, they, I mean, Nebraska surged substantially momentum for Amari in there and he would be there. I calculated it per the rivals rankings um, in the modern era. So pretty much the past two decades, he would, he would be their third highest ranked receiver commit. Um, I don't have the names in front of me right now, but um, probably Maurice Purifoy, who was a Juco. And I'm trying to think of who think the Xavier other would be. Bet, Xavier Betts, I believe, was the um, was one of them. I can try and pull up okay. the, the list. Um, but the, the the point still remains that Jaden Dawson, they have momentum for momentum for Amaria Miller and Barry Jackson now, and then Joshua Manning is another um, another high uh, high target, and um, they're bringing in. Guys like Malik Elzey from Chicago, um, and I think they've got a couple others on the docket. So they're they're again trending in the right direction, and um, arguably the most electric skill position in in the sport. And they need that influx of of receivers if they're going to run the Mark Whipple offense that he wants to run. Um, and they're the name that we keep not bringing up is another reason why I wanted to have you on. Um, and that's Malachi Coleman because he's the number one most important target in this class. And it seems like he's going to be a receiver. I know, uh, from you talking with him, um, cause you're, you're, you've been running, um, point on recruiting coverage with, with Malachi. Um, that's my guy. We were just yeah. texting, uh, earlier tonight. We're going to talk yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and He's one of those, like, I mean, defensive end or receivers, what everyone keeps saying, like, you might play this, you might play that, but it's becoming quite clear, right, that um, that Mickey Joseph wants him at, in that receiver's room. So what can you kind of tell us about, uh, about Malachi, his recruitment, just sort of all-encompassing there? Yeah, um, so I'm going to briefly touch on the other guys, and then I'll get to uh, Malachi. Uh, Joshua Manning is a special player. If, if Nebraska could land him, that would be huge. Um, I've been doing a anonymous uh, coaches survey that will come out at some point. And one of the questions is most underrated player in the 2023 class. And Joshua Manning has been named in that. So um, he would be a huge get. Uh, and then I want to talk about Mickey for a second too. The dude can flat out recruit. He's a good guy. He connects with players. Um, you know, I saw him a couple of weeks ago when he was in Chicago recruiting. And I really think he himself has changed the recruitment of Malachi a little bit. Um, you know, without giving away too much, because me and Malachi talk off the record a lot. Um, I don't know if I could have seen Malachi end up at Nebraska a few months ago. Um, this past visit and his connection with Mickey, uh, really changed a lot. Um, and the fact that they said that they would let him, uh, rush the passer on third downs while also being able to play receiver was very intriguing to him. Um, 
although Malachi's always been open to playing multiple positions, uh, I think many would be surprised at the position that he would like to play most. And I think, um, you know, Nebraska giving him that opportunity to play on both sides of the ball with the combination of Mickey Turner, with the combination of the, I mean, he, the visit that he had, like, he, it was hard for him to put in words. It was special. Like, um, it made a big difference in his recruitment. Now, you still got to deal with Georgia, Alabama, and some of those schools, I think. And that's going to be a tough, tough sell, tough beat. Uh, but I would say the Huskers are in it as much as they have ever been. Um, you know, Malachi is just, he's special. He's a special talent. Like, he's one of those guys, you, you don't know what he's going to end up like. I mean, the kid, his development in the past year, he goes from like an 11 second 100 guy to a 10 4. You know, all of a sudden he's trying to get in the 21 threes in the 200 and he's six, five. And the other day, and we talk about his weight, I was like, you got to put on some weight, Malachi. And he's got big frame. I mean, he can, he can add plenty of weight. He can hold another 30 pounds eventually, but um, he was, I think 196 pounds. So he's already getting up there. You know, that's plus 11. Um He's just a special player that has a dynamic skill set. Um, and he's only going to get better. Like he is, he is just scratching the surface. And what you like most about Malachi is yes, he's faster than everybody else. He's going to end up bigger than everybody else. Um, he is a Nebraska guy. His parents are Nebraska fans. Um, but for those who don't know his story, he can, his grit factor and grit is, you know, analytics wise, one of the greatest, um, how do I say it? One of the greatest indicators of success. Malachi Coleman can overcome any level of adversity. And in college football, adversity will hit you and he won't bat an eye at it. So that says a lot about him. And that that goes along with his phenomenal skill set. I mean, there are not guys his size running that speed with his upside, with his rawness that he has right now. There's not a lot of them in the nation. And so Malachi's got a chance to be a very special player. He can play all over the place. Um, you know, he's a team take for Nebraska. I wouldn't necessarily say he's a receiver or a defensive end. You take him no matter what. doesn't matter what your numbers look like. He's a difference maker. He is a different type of player than they've had come out of the state in recent years. And he's a high character guy. Um, he's the complete package. Now, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of talent there. Uh, but I think he's just scratching the surface as well. And he is as high of upside as maybe anybody in the nation in his class. And, and I don't say that lightly. Malachi is special. And so you land him. Um, uh, I mean, I can't even think about how big that would be for Nebraska. Um, and I think Mickey gives him a chance. Yeah, I mean, we saw him. I, I know you're pounding the table for him to, to be a five-star. And, I mean, 
didn't get quite there, but he jumped like a billion spots in the rankings up to yeah. I think number 54 overall. And um, yeah, it was high insane. And you know what? Like when we went into rankings meetings and I had him on the sheet and people are like, uh, you, you sure this guy just went from outside? I think he was outside the 250 to number 54 in the nation. And I said, listen, he's 6'5". You guys know his story. He runs a 10-400, 21-3. Like, you just don't find players like that. And he's yeah, just I mean, scratching just, the surface. Just seeing the the highlight videos and stuff from his time at uh, Nebraska camps this summer, I mean, adding the size. And then he just looks like a – I mean, he looks like a monster out there. He looks like a, a – um, like a Marvin Harrison Jr. type who's kind of he's on a star trend over at Ohio State that's who he kind of re- reminded me of a little bit just with the size and the, the height the length and everything and I mean he's dominating and um, I'm, I'm curious I mean you were kind of talking about it there I mean have you can you remember in your time either with Nebraska or covering them where there was a more I guess maybe this would be recent would be better to ask is have you, can you remember a time where there's a more important in-state recruit for Nebraska to get? You know, I'd be talking out of place if, uh, if I said there wasn't, um, but I just know from my time there and from my time as an analyst and from my time, I, Nebraska was a client of mine in scouting. I can't remember too many players that are in a similar class uh, that he is from Nebraska. Um, now you have great offensive linemen. Um, you've had you've had some skilled players, uh, linebackers, um, defensive linemen that have come out of Nebraska. But uh, he's different. He's different. He he brings something different uh, to the table. And like I said, there's no guarantees with him or anybody else. Uh, but uh, I, it's easy for me to bet on his success just because of his natural ability. He's relatively new to football. Like you watch this film from the beginning of the year to the end, and then his development and track from last year to this year, like, you know, you just don't get athletes like that in, in many States, um, you know, and in Nebraska isn't exactly known for producing the world's top athletes and skill players. Um, I mean, they do have some special guys right now, like like Benny and, you know, is a 6'4 high jumper. They've got the 2024 kid who's a 7-foot high jumper who runs, you know, low 11s in the 100, and he's a tight end. I mean, like, there's there's a, there's some athletes there. Uh, but Malachi's just different. Um, he's different mentality, uh, different upside, different athleticism, different size. Uh, he, he has everything that it takes. And uh, he could be a pro, uh, the type of guy who can change a program. Yeah, and I mean, there, I know recruiting can be kind of a niche thing to to cover and to follow. And not everybody out there is like a uh, gung ho about uh, following recruiting, whether it's Nebraska or college football in general. But if you're a Nebraska fan and there's one recruitment you're going to follow the rest of this cycle, it's it needs to be Malachi Coleman. It, it will be because he's he is the number one target he's the one that we're going to be writing about and covering the most um inside nebraska throughout um all the way up until the day he signs and then um if he signs with nebraska throughout his entire career with the huskers um clay i I had some more stuff but uh we're running long and also i I kind of want to um 
at the end of the month, once all these official visits are done, kind of like uh, bring you back on and kind of just do an overarching view of everything because they, they've they um, Vince Ginta, the, the senior director of player personnel and his staff over my there, old Sean roomie. Dillon. Yeah, your, your boy over there. Um, yeah, my old roommate, Vince Ginta. We were on staff at the same time. We lived together, so. Yeah, and he's, I mean, you he, he's appearing to be the right man for the job. I mean, he's, and this is what I want to talk about um, in a couple of weeks when, when we have you back on. Um, it just seems like he's, his strategies that he's implementing, um, some of the same stuff he did at Oregon State and Baylor is just, um, it, it's a different strategy. And I mean, it's, I think Nebraska needed to switch up. And it's paying off so far. I mean, their first three official visits weekends, the first one in May or the, the one in May, first one in June and the second one in June, they've landed a commitment directly out of those with Jaden Doss. He committed, um, he silently committed to the staff exactly one week after um, his official visit wrapped up. Uh, Brock Knudsen, um, he, he committed less than 24 hours after his visit was over and Riley Van Poppel today. So that kind of brings it back full circle. We'll see if uh, they'll be able to go four for four on uh, commitments uh, coming out of the official visit this weekend. It's going to be another um, big one with, I think, 10, at least 10 official visitors confirmed, but we'll have coverage of that on Inside Nebraska. And um, we'll have Clint back on uh, here here in a week or two to sort of recap things. So Clint, uh, really appreciate you coming on today and sharing a lot of insight about some of these guys. No, thank you. And sorry for being long-winded, but uh... Uh, you know, obviously I have strong opinions on a couple of the guys and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, the strategy that Vince has implemented and, uh, he's been around some great people that he's worked with. And, uh, I think there's been a lot of, uh, you know, uh, synergy with him and coach Frost and, and the way they've, uh, approached this and, um, Nebraska is definitely trending in the right direction when it comes to recruiting. So that's, that's an exciting thing. Yep, and it'll be fun to see when, uh, how, it, how it's all shaping up when the dust settles because this was one of the most pivotal uh, recruiting stretches um, of the last several years for, for Nebraska. And they, I mean, they brought in the right guys, it seems, and uh, at, at a pivotal time and um, it's paying off so far. We'll see, see how it goes from here. So that is, that is Clint Cosgrove, the national, uh, national recruiting analyst for Rivals. I'm Zach Carpenter, publisher at Inside Nebraska, and uh, thanks for joining us. We'll be we'll be back soon.